This is the Morning Rush. Coming up on today's show, <laughs> how did the O's, Bucks, and Nationals do last night? What do you think they did last night? The Steelers and the uh, Washington Fighting Riveras, uh, both in action this evening. Also uh, this evening, it's the Field of Dreams game in Iowa between the Yankees and the White Sox. And uh, going off of that, Mike and I will talk about our favorite baseball movies uh, ever. So all of that and more coming up in the next two hours of the show. Good morning to you. How the heck are you? So glad to have you on board. So glad you could take some time to tune in and hang out as we kick off this thirsty Thursday morning. Mm. Venerable one. Mm. How are you, sir? Thirsty. (laughs) Is it too early? Never. Is it too late? Well, we'll get through the coffee first. It's, <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, right? After after today, it'll probably become too late once again. <laughs> uh, a lot to get to uh, today, as I mentioned. Uh, several ways to get involved on the show. Time's running out to be heard. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at WCMD Morning Rush. Uh, my Twitter page at Rush Tony C. Mike's Twitter page. At Mike Burke MDT, Facebook at WCMD Cumberland Radio. Rush line is open 301 759 2628. 301 759 2628. Your chance to say your final goodbyes. <laughs> like Kevin Whiteman did yesterday. Coach Whiteman uh, checked That's in. Right, yesterday. very nice. And of course, our podcast page on the free Podbean app. We upload every show every day, minus commercial. So only two of those uh, left, as a matter of fact. All right. So. Uh, we talked about the Bucks, O's, and the Nationals last night, and that's where we'll start today's show, Mike, as we rock around the region. I want to rock! And we'll start with the Pirates, who were simply dominated last night uh, pretty much by one guy. Now Park is the batter, and there's a ground ball off Wainwright's glove to the second baseman, Edmund, who throws a one-hop throw caught by Goldsmith for a Redbird winner. Adam Wainwright with the complete game and a shutout. Call on the Cardinals radio network, Adam Wainwright with the Maddox, as in Greg Maddox, uh, pitching a complete game shutout in under 100 pitches. He only needed 88 to shut down the box in a 4-0 victory. Wainwright only allowed two singles, both to Colin Moran. He struck out seven, walked none, and he also had two hits and drove in a run. Yes, he had as many hits as the Empire or the entire Pirates team. Uh, Bucks have lost seven straight. Uh, speaking of losing seven straight. The one-two, swinging a high fly ball left field. Going back is Hayes at the fence, jumping up. Gone! 499 for Miguel Cabrera. Listen to these Orioles fans. They know they're watching history. The call on the Tigers radio network. Three hits for Miguel Cabrera, including a home run number 499 as Detroit beat Baltimore 5-2 at Camden Yards. Now the Tigers begin a six-game homestand tomorrow, but manager A.J. Hinch said Cabrera will be in the lineup this afternoon against the O's to try to get uh, number 500. Anthony Santander hit a two-run homer for Baltimore, which, as I mentioned, uh, has lost seven straight. 
And in New York, the Mets and Nationals finish up their game that was suspended from Tuesday. 3-2 pitch. Drury, it's a broken bat floater up the middle, a base hit in the center field over the leaping second baseman Garcia. VR comes home and Brandon Drury comes through again. The Mets have taken the lead. It is eight to seven here in the bottom of the eighth. And Brandon Drury has been a pinch hit superstar for this team. The call on WCBS Mets win the suspended game 8-7 to snap a four-game losing streak. Juan Soto, who uh, had a three-run homer in the first inning on Tuesday night. He finished with three hits. Uh, Luis Garcia had a two-run double uh, for the Nats. Now, the regularly scheduled game for Wednesday, that was postponed by bad weather. So they'll try to play two games again today. Uh, First game will start at 12-10. Uh, elsewhere, in some Garrett College news, uh, Nikki Higgins, a former assistant women's vol- volleyball coach at Frostburg State, has joined Garrett College as its new head volleyball coach and softball coach. And Eric Hollenbeck and Elizabeth Show have been named co-interim athletic directors at Garrett uh, for the upcoming school year. They will fill the shoes, of course, of Dennis Gibson, who recently retired. In the NFL, Ravens' first-round draft pick receiver Rashad Bateman will miss a number of weeks after suffering what John Harbaugh called a soft-tissue leg injury. No idea what that is. Uh, Bateman was already dealing with abdominal and core muscle issues throughout training camp. And then on Tuesday, uh, he made a cut while running a route, went down with no contact, suffered the leg injury. Uh, Harbaugh said he is still hopeful that Bateman could be ready uh, for the season opener. And uh, tonight, the first full week of preseason games kicks off with uh, two games. Washington opens the preseason at New England, and Pittsburgh, after playing in the Hall of Fame game last week, will play at Philadelphia. And that is your uh, very full uh, Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Cap Rally Group. So yesterday, uh, Mike and I talked about just how sorry the Pirates and the Orioles, and to an extent the Nationals uh, now are, and how it's become very difficult uh, to watch. And and when you think the Pirates can't get any worse, uh, last night happens. In their last two games, which is the first two games of the series against the Cardinals, the Pirates have a total of one run and three hits in two games. Now, think about this for a moment. No. (laughs) You must. If I have to, you have to. Uh, Hoy Park hit a solo home run for the Pirates' only hit on Tuesday. Colin Moran had both hits last night, Mm. which means aside from those two, the entire Pirates lineup has gone hitless for two straight games. That's not very good. That's not very good. And just when you think they can't get any worse, Wainwright, who's about 74 years old, actually he's 39, Comes out and an 88 pitch complete game shutout last night. And he look, he, he dominates the Pirates. Then again, who really doesn't? But he has won eight straight decisions against the Bucks dating back to 2016. Yeah, some, things like that tend to, there are certain players that do certain things against certain organizations, right. no matter who's wearing right. the uniform. Right, right. And Wainwright is, he's the, the Pirates bugaboo, so to speak. Uh, so he comes out last night. And again, as I mentioned, he has, his, he, the pitcher, has as many hits as the entire Pirates team last night. And then you just throw your hands up and it's like, all right, whatever. You know, game was over quick. I didn't see any of it. It's probably better that I didn't. 
Well, you know, the, uh, the, the announcer there called it the Maddox special. Right, right. You know, and and I and I think more than anything, he was referring to the eighty-eight pitches. Right. You know that that just I hear things like that, and don't get me wrong, I have great admiration for Greg Maddox, and uh, you know he 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 used everything that he he could to perfection, and he's a surefire Hall of Famer, and in fact, you know they talk about complete games. Maddox had one hundred nine complete games in twenty three years. Uh, which in this day and age you're not going to see no. ever again. No. But, you know, again, not to be the, the, the cranky old man in the armchair, <laughs> but, you know, I used to see that all, every, practically all the time. Three best pitchers yeah. of, of my era growing up were Jim Palmer, uh, Tom Seaver, and Bob Gibson. Right, right. Okay. In 19 years, Jim Palmer had 211 complete wow. games. In 17 years, Bob Gibson had 255 complete games. And in 20 years, Tom Seaver had 231. That's amazing. I, that's but amazing. But that's just the way it was. <laughs> you know? There were workhorses. I mean, you just, you expected, I don't especially guys like that, when they took the mound, they weren't coming off of it until the game was over. You know, and, and there's, a, there's a great film clip of Earl Weaver on one of his mound visits with Palmer, somebody – the catcher maybe said, you know, you're making a change. He said, well, no, I'm not making the change. He said, we're going to settle him down. He goes, why would I take my best pitcher out right. of the game when I've got nobody out there who's nearly <laughs> as good as he is? <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. But it's it's certainly all changed now with, you know, I, the money and everything, pitch counts and the way they, they, they're taught to play the game. Well, you know? yeah, yeah. Right. You know, nowadays, yeah. uh, six hit, innings. You, you pitch to the gun and it's just – Right. Nowadays, Sad. six innings is considered a quality start for a starting pitcher. Yeah. If they go anything past six, people were actually surprised by it. Well, that's why no one will ever even come close to Maddox's right. 109 because Maddox didn't pitch to the gun. He right. pitched. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, he didn't care what the radar gun said. Well, of course, Leo Mazzoni down in Atlanta, there was they couldn't have a gun anywhere to be seen, you know? Right, right. Of course, Maddox was part of that great, you know, brave staff of the 90s, mm-hmm. which – I think would have, I don't want to put this, would have been considered greater had they actually won uh, more than one World Series during that uh, entire run. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, much like the Orioles of the 70s. Right. Oh, yeah, right, right, good point. Now, I mentioned the Orioles lost to uh, the Tigers. Uh, bright spot for the O's. There's a couple of them, actually. Oh, were there? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, it was a rain delay again, thankfully. So, <laughs> so you didn't have I to just went that. to bed because I knew I had to be here thank, with you. Thank God. Oh, nuts. <laughs> Touching. Hey, last time, so you get to sleep in tomorrow. I know. Oh, yeah, like uh, my clock's going to allow that now. <laughs> uh, Santander homeward again. He has four home yeah, runs in the last hot. three games. He's, he's been, been sw- he's been swinging a good yeah, batting. Yeah, he, he's been hot. And Cedric Mullins, uh, he's singled. He has his uh, his streak's now 18 games. He's been amazing. Yes. Uh, I looked at the numbers this morning. He's still fifth in all baseball with a 319 average, tied for second in total hits with 135. Which is five behind Adam Frazier, former Pirate, and he's fifth in stolen bases with twenty-one. So, like you said, Mullins having a great season. Now, I had to kind of laugh at the the stolen bases because, you know, we're talking about how things were different back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like Vince Coleman would have twenty-one stolen bases in like a six-game homestand. Mullins has twenty-one for the entire season so far. They're definitely a different era. As you know, Ricky Henderson, Vince Coleman, Willie McGee, those guys. We're talking, you know. 
gone are the days of 100 stolen bases in the season. Yeah, but particularly uh, Ricky and uh, Vince Coleman there in those seasons, they were kind of aberrations in this regard. They stole bases, and this sounds silly, they stole third base a lot when they didn't have to. Ah, kind of padded the numbers Well, just I mean, that's, that's, what, that's how they got paid. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, I'm not knocking that at all. And, uh, you know, the Orioles have never really been a big stealing team anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's just Cedric Mullins. There, there's, there's an example of uh, just dumbing down your game. They just said, you know, in the winter, you're no longer a switch hitter. Right. You're just going to bat left hand. Yeah, one side, make it simple. Yep. Concentrate on so. that. Another bright spot for the O's. I guess you could consider this a bright spot. They snapped a six-game streak of allowing at least nine runs a game. So they got that going for them. <laughs> they didn't want to hit yeah. that seven. That only two teams in Major League history has ever allowed at least nine runs in seven straight games. The 19-01 New York Giants mm. and the uh, 2000 Mariners. So the Orioles avoided at least getting added to that list. They still lost the game. Right. But they gave up only five runs. Well, it's kind of sad where, you know, you're looking for things that, That's like it. That. You have to. Yeah. You have to whenever you're talking about these teams. Now, also in last night's game, we played the clip. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, mm. home run number 499, yep. uh, one shy of becoming the 28th member of the 500 Homer Club. Mm-hmm. Has anybody hit 500 home runs more quietly no. than M- Miguel Cabrera? I mean, seriously. It's like it's, it's not even a blip on the radar. Is it because he plays in Detroit or or what? And I I, I heard Greeny talk, uh, Mike Greenberg uh, the other day talking about this. Like there used to be a time when if a player was reaching 500 homers, mm-hmm. like it'd be all over the place. That was a major countdown, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it would lead Sports Center. It'd be all it, there'd be a, a big buzz about it. Now it's just like, eh, hey, ho hum, 500 homers, whatever. Yeah, we'll consider you know until uh, Willie Mays hit his 600th home run, there was only one player in history who had ever hit, you know, outside of the 500s, and that was Babe Ruth. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, we know what happened. In the, in the 90s. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, right, right. Uh, I was down at uh, Uncle Jack's last week because they, they had the major league package, mm-hmm. and you can just watch any baseball game in the afternoon, and that's just great. Right. And the Tigers were playing somebody, I don't even know who, but somebody was talking to me about something. I just said, I, I just had to stop them. I said, Excuse me, seriously, I just want to watch Cabrera hit. Because he is such yeah. a beautiful hitter to watch, he's just a. I just love to watch him hit, and he he uses the, the whole field. He uses his, his his natural swing, his natural strength. He never overswings. He hits the other way. He, I mean, he's just a natural. Right. I mean, I know it, it took a lot of uh, honing to become that sure. good natural, but he. I just he a beautiful hitter and. You know, great for him. Yeah, I, I, I think it's wonderful. He's gonna be one of those those really good, if not you want to call them great players, is kind of get lost in the shuffle because of where he played, yeah. the team he played on. Oh, the Tigers have been hot. They're like they're like sixteen and nine since the All Star break. Yeah, uh, so they've been kind of on a roll. Now I was checking the list this morning. There's one name on that 500 homer list that I had absolutely no idea ended up with more than 500 homers. I had no clue that Gary Sheffield. 
mm. was part of that 500 homer club. Most of the names are like, yeah, okay, I know. And, I, you know, the, the, the Mays and Bonds and yeah. Sosa and all the guys. Got down to the bottom. And I think because uh, they had it in order of total home runs. And Eddie Murray's actually last in that list. He had 504. Mm-hmm. But then right above him is Sheffield with 509. I had no clue that Gary Sheffield finishes. I don't know, is he even in the Hall of Fame? Is he even in consideration for the Hall of Fame? Uh, I, Usually 500 home run hitters are. Let's your, well, it took Harmon Killerbrew a long time mm, to get in the Hall mm. of Fame. Uh, Sheffield, he, he kind of got lost in several shuffles during his career. Very talented, highly touted. Uh, he was Daryl Strawberry's cousin right. at, at a plant high school in Tampa. And, uh, and then there was speculation about what he was doing with the, you know, the drugs. I mean, all kinds of drugs, right. actually, whether that's fair or not. He's actually a really good analyst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've listened to yeah. him or yeah. not. And uh, I shouldn't say actually. He's just a very good analyst. Right. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's one of that kind of fell under the radar. But, you know, if you look at that list, if you, if you still have it up. I do. Uh, Frank Robinson, for the longest time, was the fourth all-time leading home run hitter at 586. And now, how far back is he on that list? Uh, let's see. Fr- oh, no, that's Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas is that's out- Frank Thomas actually kind of shocked me a little bit, too. Um, let's see. Frank Robinson is now. Yeah, come on now. Where's it at? Tenth. He's tenth. He is tenth with 586. Yeah, he, right. and, he, and Frank was none too pleased about how he dropped. So quickly <laughs> after imagine. all those years, yeah. What's going yeah, on so, here? Guess who's right in front of him at number nine? Sammy Sosa. Yeah, with six oh nine. Yeah, it, I mean, there for there for years, it was Ruth or Aaron, Ruth, Mays, Frank Robinson, right? And Frank could have easily gotten six hundred and three thousand hits, but he, he quit as a full time player to become a manager of the Indians. Right, so. right. Of course, Bonds he leads that list, which. Whatever you know, you take out for whatever it's worth. Then you got Aaron second, Babe third, A Rod again, cheater. He's fourth. Oh, he makes me sick. <laughs> uh, Pujols is fifth. Um, William, I'm going through the top ten. Willie May six, Ken Griffey Jr. seven, Jim Tomey, Jim Tomey. number eight uh, at six hundred and twelve. Then, of course, another cheater, Sosa, and then Frank Robinson. And then right, right behind Robinson is actually sandwiched between Sosa and Mark McGuire, hmm. which yeah. that's, just, that's just disgusting. Very poetic justice there. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, a, too, the, the, great, the greatest trade the Orioles ever made, of course, is Frank Robinson, Milt Pappas, although Milt Pappas takes a bad rap mm. for that trade because he had a great major league career even after the Orioles traded him. But then maybe one of the worst I still contend to this day was when they traded Frank to the Dodgers, a deal that involved Doyle Alexander. Doyle And uh, <laughs> one of the most miserable human beings ever, <laughs> according to Hank Peters. He and Ken Holsma both. But uh, uh, they had to make room for Don Baylor. Mm. Don Baylor and Bobby Grish were the stars of the uh, farm system, and they had to make. they felt they had to make room for Don Baylor. They had other – Promising outfielders, Merv Rettman being one of them, coming. And so they, they traded Frank. And then, you know, because they thought he was losing his range in the outfield, and he was getting a little long a tooth. But then the next year, the designated hitter goes into play. And here's the right. thing. Don Baylor, God rest his soul, and God love him, great, great, mm-hmm. great ball player. Man's man. He wasn't real good out in the outfield. Right, you know, he right. never was. He had no arm whatsoever. 
So I, I always wish that they had never traded Frank. But then again, you know, as Earl Weaver, you say everything affects everything. You know, Frank probably wouldn't have become the baseball's first black manager then. You know, right, you right, know, right. Everything, everything happened, right. Falls, yeah, the, he falls went, in he, place. The Orioles traded him to Dodgers. Dodgers, he played a year there, played for the Angels, and then he went to the Indians, and that's where baseball history took off. Right. Didn't Baylor also at one point lead the majors in getting hit by pitch? Yes. Yeah, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if he still does, but for a while well, he uh, Frank Robinson did usually too. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Frank was Baylor's mentor and uh Okay. coming up in the Orioles system and uh by the time Baylor got to the big leagues for good, it, it was late in his you know, he's mid twenties. Right, right. Because the Orioles were just so loaded. There was no room for him. Or Gretch. I mean, that's why they traded Davy Johnson to Atlanta for Earl Big Money Williams. <laughs> Davy Johnson has forty seven home runs in uh Atlanta Fulton County Stadium in the first year. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, Don Baylor has one of the great nicknames of all time in baseball history, Groove. Groove. <laughs> and he, he, he leaned over the plate, the inside of the plate, just as Frank Robinson did. And uh, Don Drysdale, Frank Robinson and Don Drysdale mm-hmm. hated each right, other's right. guts. I mean, they, they went all the way back from Frank's days with the Reds and – you know, Drysdale used to drill him all the time, and Frank just get up and brush it off, brush and, it yep. off, and then it's like, of course, he hit the uh, the, the game winning home run in the '66 World Series against uh, Drysdale Game Four mm. of the '66 right. series. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it was just a different game, man. It was hardball, that's right, for sure. Right, right. Looking at the list right now, uh, Baylor is third on the uh, the hit by pitch list uh, the mo- in the modern record yeah. as uh, Craig Biggio. Uh, he was hit 285 times. Right. Where's Ron Hunt on that? Uh, he's actually sixth. Yeah, he, uh, 243. He was he he was the guy in the 60s that's always somehow got hit by a pitch. He was like coach on Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Baylor's still second on the uh, the modern list with 267 uh, hit by yeah. pitch. Uh, Huey Jennings, the venerable Huey Jennings, yes, yes. Uh, from 1860, whatever. He actually has the all time baseball record. Uh, with 287 plunks in his career. And I, I didn't know, Jason Kendall, former Pirates catcher, is actually fifth on the all-time list. Well, he, he was a good ball player. He was. Speaking of hard ball, yeah. a hard-nosed uh, baseball yeah, player, he, Kendall I was really definitely. Then, of course, I remember the gruesome ankle injury he oh. suffered. Uh, I remember watching that game in my downstairs living room with my dad when he went and he stretched out and around the first baseline. Hit that oh, first right. base bag and then yeah, I remember, oh, that. I just, remember that as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Kendall was a good one, very good one. All right, ah, uh, time for a break. As soon as I can find uh, the right button here, where's my music at, Mike? Come on, I don't know. There it is. There it is. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, <laughs> you are stuck with me for the next hour and a half, whether you like it or not. Yes. News and weather coming up, and when we come back, we will talk about tonight's Field of Dreams game which is going down in Dyersville, Iowa, between the Yankees and White Sox. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Who would have thought, who would have thought, after all the years you spent at the Times News and the handful years I spent at the news trip back in the early 2000s, we'd be sitting here doing this for a period of time. Oh, I know. I thought I th- honestly I thought it. I thought about that last night. Did you? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because uh I remember when 
Ted Troxell was working. Oh, Teddy, yeah, for you. yeah. And uh, he was screening guy, games. Uh, yeah, oh, he really, really was. Uh, um, he just died last spring. Oh, I did not know last that. Winter, I did not know last that. winter, late last winter. But yeah, um, I have a column about him out there somewhere. Uh, the podcast we used to do. Um, but anyway, uh, t- Ted. Anyway, he he was still always at the Times News hanging out. I mean, mm. you know how Ted was. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He just he just never went away, and uh, which was fine. Right. But uh, he really enjoyed working for you and covering games, and at that point of his life, and uh, yeah, he he always told me that uh, how much I would enjoy working with you. I mean, this was years ago. Oh yeah, I, I, have to. Yeah, sure. Early, like I said, I and, was at the Trib early two thousands, and that uh, you know what a professional you were, and. Uh, all these, all the, no, I, I thought, I've thought about th- th- this quite a bit right. since we started working together right. last year or 2019, whenever it was, whenever it was. Yeah. 2020. But, uh, and he's certainly right, Tony, you're professional in every sense. And I certainly have enjoyed, I appreciate that, sir. I've enjoyed working with you and being on the air with you. We have a lot of fun and, uh, you know, if anything could be fun this early, well, I mean, obviously, the, uh, aside from the obvious, this early in the morning, you know, it, it's a great way to start your day, you know, talking sports and having fun and laughing with you. And you, and certainly you've helped me a great deal in this business, and I can't thank you enough for that. You are quite welcome. You are quite welcome. Uh, you know, I look back, uh, like everybody knew – the the Cumberland Times News. Like you guys were the the juggernaut as far as you know newspapers in this area, and there was always this kind of and it, it didn't come from me, but there was always this little brother syndrome yeah. down at at the at the news trib. Mm-hmm. Uh, always kind of felt like we were in the shadows of the Times News. You guys are so much bigger. You're a regional no, paper. No, you know, paper. And people, there was a lot of hand-wringing over, you know, like there was some kind of competition uh, until I got there. And I was like, look, and just thinking at it from a sports perspective, I said, there is no competition. Times News is the Yankees. <laughs> We're the Pirates. There's no, there wasn't. We always, I just said, we need to stay in our lane, understand who we are, and that's it. We can't, you know, we can't run with the big dogs. We got to stay in our own backyard and do what we can do best. Unfortunately, some people don't understand that down there. Well, uh, I tell you what, though, that that uh, works that way everywhere because that was always I, I, I had a managing editor who I love very much, but you know, he had it in his head, and he was the boss, but that we needed to start being all things to all people. Mm. And I always thought that was an advantage that the Trib had as far as working there. You, you had you covered teams right in your right. area. Right. Well, we had to start being all things to all people. And my point of view was when you try to be all things to all people, you're very little to everybody. Ah, that's, because, good. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Because you just – Stretch yourself right. too thin, and uh, I, I, I don't know. You should just rely on your strength and do your best everywhere else, you know. And right. So, I mean, that's an interesting perspective. You know, I never thought of that. We, we always had a good staff and a great staff, and we always had numbers on you. And, of course, we had a much larger circulation right. then right. Than, than they do even now, but that's just the nature of a lot of things that 
Let me to the studio with you. (laughs) High above Industrial Boulevard. That's right. At least. Uh, ten feet, at up. least ten feet. Yeah, but boy, that was uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and we, hey, we were, or they still are, the Mineral Daily News Tribune, and so I was like, that's where our focus was going to be. It was going to be Mineral County. We ventured into Hampshire every now and then. Well, and, and you, 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 the George's Creek, right, right. Eventually, I mean, right. you know, uh, Westmar, you did some coverage. Well, yeah, then yeah, and, we did because they were well, right down the road, you know. So we just we did. That's right. You're right. I did cover. We covered Westmar games and. Uh, because that was actually probably closer to us than it was yeah. to you. So it was kind of in our backyard, so we, we kind of felt obligated to do that. Um, so, yeah, but I remember doing the football previews, and those were the three teams we – I'm glad you – I kind of forgot about that, old, old Westmar. But it was Frankfurt, it was Kaiser, and it was Westmar with a little bit of Hampshire sprinkled in there. Mm-hmm. But we didn't touch – we didn't touch Cumberland schools because why? Why would we? Because, first of all, and you mentioned, like, staff, you know – we had a staff of basically one. If we were lucky, yeah, right. two. Yeah, you know, uh, talk about wearing somehow those occupations just follow me everywhere, uh, or I follow them. You know, you have to wear a bunch of hats when you're working at a small sure. operation. Yeah, you know, I remember many, many covering many games, whether it be basketball or football. Mm. I'm there covering the game, taking the pictures, taking the pictures. <laughs> you know, doing everything, kind of like Chapin Jewel does. He uh, for the trip now. Um, we had a couple of photographers here and there who did decent jobs, but there was a point where we didn't have any. And it was just you had to do everything. You had to be all, you know, all in one. Yeah. Um, which made it tough. But, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was a good experience. Oh, it was, you know. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course, we were younger. We had a lot more energy. But <laughs> You couldn't say, do it these days. <laughs> you, you say that at, at the height of, of our, uh, I mean, when we really had it going at, at the Times News and Sports, uh, what Don Miller was the publisher for Thompson Newspapers, and they were the greatest days for me, other than when the, uh, I first started working there when the McMullins and the Finans mm-hmm. owned the paper, locally owned. But, you know, with Thompson, he, we had a little, some more assets uh, over a family paper, more than they, a family paper would. And Don Miller, Mr. Miller, used them for editorial, which in that chain was pretty rare. But, you know, he said, how am I going to sell it if, if there's nothing in it to read? So mm-hmm. in sports, at one time, there was me, Steve Luce, Mike Matthews, <laughs> Jeff Landis. We were, we were full-time. Right, right. And we had Ben Brudnock, who, who was part-time. And we had, uh, we had a couple different part-timers that we, we brought in to work with Ben. And they got... 30 hours a week. Wow. 29. How about that? Right, right, right. right. I mean, and we, we, we just covered everything. Sure. And it was just, that would have been in the uh, early and mid-90s. And we, we just loved it. You couldn't wait to get to work. Heck and yeah. You, you couldn't wait to get out there. And, of course, you know, we, we had a pretty big editorial department. And, yeah, well, I mean, we had a lot of advantages. And it was it was just, they, they were the best days. And I, I loved it. Yeah. Like I said, up to about last Three years. I mean, I absolutely loved my job. I was right. the luckiest person that right. I, I right. knew, and so yeah. But it was it was worthwhile. It was it was never. I wouldn't change a thing, uh, and including how it ended. So right. yeah, I don't think we ever. Even though I didn't get a slice of pizza, right. <laughs> I don't think we ever had uh, more than one full time a sports person at the, at the news trip. It was always one full time, and then uh, you know a stringer here, mm-hmm. a stringer there. Just well, to kind well, of plus we we were I was allowed to hire stringers. 
Right. You know, yeah. if somebody was in, if one of our teams was playing, say, in Frederick or Altoona or wherever, Allegheny played some games in Altoona. You know, right. I, I could call over there and say, hey, how about covering a game for us for 30 bucks?" Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I almost, uh, before we go to breaker, I almost ended up working at the time. Oh, did you? Not. Because when I left the news trip, I got a call from uh, Liz Beavers, who was still mm-hmm. the Times News. Yeah. And uh, she called and wanted to know if I was interested in coming on board, but it wasn't in a sports capacity. It was like mm-hmm. covering local government or something sure. like that. I was just, you know. but you'd work out of the Kaiser office? Uh, we didn't get that far because I cut it off right there. I'm like, no thanks. Okay, yeah. You well, know, if it wasn't sports, wasn't sports I, I wasn't interested. interested. Yeah, so, well, I don't blame you. So, close. We are we were almost co-workers long before oh, been, the past year. Yeah, that would have been, been great. interesting. But, uh, uh, hey, uh, yeah, we, hell, we had an office in Frostburg, uh, Kaiser, <laughs> right. and in Oakland. Aside from the the main physical plant down town of Cumberland, the juggernaut. Yeah, I tell you what, you look back. It didn't seem like it then. You take things for granted, but boy, I look back at that now. It's like wow. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was a huge that was operation. Pre- that was pretty cool. And again, we were expected to compete with. That. <laughs> I said, no, we're not competing with that. Let them be the regional paper. We'll be the little local paper, and it'll be fine. That's all I ever wanted to be was the regional yeah. paper. Yeah, and, and the, the Hattricks did a great job of, of running that newspaper. It was a family-owned sure. paper down there. But I think one of the biggest mistakes they made was moving it from uh, a morning paper to an evening paper. Or um, from an evening paper to a morning paper. Well, Because whenever they, you were an evening paper, that's what you had the evening. That was yours. When they moved to the morning, which directly went up against the Times News, that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, particularly towards the end, I wish we had become an, an evening paper too, for that reason. Right. And, and uh, but you know, I, they never let me play with the money, so that's why I didn't get the piece of pizza. <laughs> that's on the right. Last day. All right. I'm getting pizza when I leave here. You know what? We'll go down to Uncle Jackson. We'll get a slice. How about that? There you go. How about that? All right. Uh, time for one more break, and we're back uh, to wrap up hour number one. We'll get to the field of dreams. Sooner or later. Or Mike and I might just sit and reminisce for the next hour. I don't know. (laughs) It's our last show together. We'll do whatever we want. Yeah. (laughs) Stick around. Rush rolls on. WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. To be completely honest, I have no idea what we're going to talk about for the next four and a half minutes to close out the hour. Because we're sitting here talking off air about old newspaper stories why, again. Why don't you set up uh, the Field of Dreams game? We could do that. We can do that. And we can pick it up when we come we back. We can pick it up when we That's a good idea, Mike. That's a good hey, idea. That's I, why I, I pick things up, baby. <laughs> Field of Dreams game uh, is tonight. Oh, by the way, out in Iowa, of course. Now, this game was supposed to go down last year between the Yankees and White Sox, but, of course, pandemic uh, screwed that up. And so... And then the one thing I, when I heard about this game, is I was like, how are they going to do this without really screwing up the whole movie site kind of kind of deal? And what I didn't know, and I found out this morning, is they actually built their own little stadium, mm. like off from it's like an eight thousand seat Major League Baseball built an eight thousand seat stadium, like a quarter mile west of the original movie site. Mm. So that's where they're going to play tonight's game between the Yanks. Uh, in the Sox, and they're going to try to keep it. Uh, apparently, this new stadium is set to look like the old, old Comiskey Park, oh, okay. where the White Sox, of course, used to play from uh, I think what 1910 to 1990. They're going to wear old the old old, uh, really? old retro style uniforms. Really try to give it that Field of Dreams mm-hmm. uh, feel. And of course, uh, White Sox, you know, uh, 
heavily factored into the movie with Jules Joe Jackson. Right. So that's where that 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 ties in. So they're going to play the game, and I guess you know they're really going to kind of try they'll try to romanticize it as much as possible. Sure. Because there's a corn maze <laughs> that fans are going to be able to take from the movie site to the stadium to watch the baseball game tonight. Uh, so whatever, you know, because obviously the cornfield, whatever. But I'm going to – I'm interested. Oh, yeah. Ju- you know, not many things to get me to the TV to watch a Yankees-White Sox game in August. Mm-hmm. But this is one of them. I think this is going to yeah, be kind of cool. be great. What time is that coming up? I think it is 7 o'clock, and it's going to be on Fox. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Well, we'll have to tune in. We'll have to tune in. But, again, this is supposed to happen last year. And the mayor, of course, the famous line, I think I actually, do I, do I have it here? Hey, is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Now, it may not be heaven, but the mayor of the town is, kind of, sort of. Because his name is Jim Heavens. Holy Toledo. The mayor of Dyersville and he had this to say about uh, tonight's game. We were kind of surprised, I guess, initially, you know, a year or so ago when the MLB first proposed this. And uh, we certainly, I think the city and the city staff has uh, gotten up to the task of helping MLB host this. This is MLB's game and MLB's party. And I think what we wanted to do is our role is to help them host it the best we can. And I think we're ready. We've done a lot of planning with it. We've had a lot of discussions back and forth. Obviously, we were almost ready last year and had to put our work on the shelf for a year. But in a way, you know, a lot of people came up to me and were offering their condolences last year that the game didn't happen. But, you know, I'm really, I think it's worked out to be a good thing because we want to try to make this an annual event and invite MLB back again next year. And I think if we would have stumbled out of the gate last year, with all the COVID restrictions, you know, we want to have the first time be a good time, and I think we're ready this year and uh, uh, ready the cusp of it. So it sounds like the mayor was kind of happy it didn't go down last year. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do oh, it right. Well, I think that was the case with a lot of things last year. Right, you know? right. And, uh, you know, he's kind of thankful that it got pushed back because you really want, if you're going to do something like this, you want to be able to do everything that you want to do and not have the restrictions uh, and whatnot. Uh, when we come back next hour, we're going to kind of uh, branch off of this, and we're going to talk baseball movies. And we're going to talk about our favorite baseball movies for whatever reason. Uh, I already know what Mike's is. We've talked about this before. But there's also a guy who was an actor in the original movie, Dwyer Brown, uh, who played John Kinsella, who was Ray's father in the movie. Uh, he wasn't too keen on this whole idea. Uh, tonight, <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Who asked? Well, apparently somebody. But, did. but but he came back around. He came back around. Okay. But we'll play that clip uh, next hour, and we'll get more into this, and uh, then we'll start talking some baseball movies. Uh, you can be involved and tell us your favorite baseball movie when we come back. Hop on the rush line 301-759-2628. 301-759-2628. Talking baseball, field of dreams, baseball movies. When we come back, stick around. As the rush rolls on, 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD. This 
is the morning rush. An hour to go, Mike. It doesn't seem like it's possible, but it is. An hour to go. Let's make it a great one. Okay. A reminder, uh, several ways to get involved on the show. Uh, Twitter, at WCMD Morning Rush. Uh, my page, at Rush Tony C. Mike's page, at Mike Burke uh, MDT. On the Book of Faces, at WCMD Cumberland Radio. Rush line is open, 301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance with the venerable one and myself, yours truly. 301-759-2628. And, of course, the podcast page on the free Podbean app. Upload every show every day. Only a couple more left. If you're missing anything, go back and check it out. They'll still be there long after I'm gone, which take care of whatever it's worth. But <laughs> <laughs> they'll still be there. If you missed the first hour, Mike and I talked some baseball, the sorry state, again, of the Pirates and Orioles, which we'll get to here in just a bit. I know. We have to do it, though. We have to do it. We took a stroll down newspaper memory lane uh, back in the days when Mike was at the uh, Times News and I was at the uh, the News Trib. Quick story on that, by the way. Uh, probably one of the, how do I want to put this, the biggest blow-ups that I had at the News Tribune. And I had a, a few here and there. I've been known to uh, lose my temper just a bit. Stressful job. It is. Because uh, a lot of people, some people don't know, is I was the sports editor, then I was the managing editor there. Um, I did not know you that. You did not know that. See, I, when I left the sports editor, I got called back uh, to be the managing editor, which is even more stressful than just being mm-hmm. the sports editor. And uh, I can't remember this young lady's name, which is probably for the best. But she put a picture in our paper of a couple of our workers. They were at a, I think it was a festival. Might have been like the apple butter harvest, whatever, one of those things. And in the picture, the photo caption, she put the names, the two names of these uh, said employees of the Cumberland Times News. She, <laughs> our employees at the Mineral Daily News Tribune, she put in the photo caption, Joe oh. Smith and and Joe Smith and Loretta Smith. Of the Cumberland Times News, hmm. that was may, that may have been one of the angriest I've ever been in my entire life at somebody. Now I understand mistakes happen, but whenever you put "quote unquote" the competitors' news, their their, their title in your photo caption, I, don't, I, I to this day I don't know what happened. I just, I was yelling too much, and I really didn't get an explanation like how how she ever came about doing that. Did, did she used to work at the Times News? No. Huh. No, no, she did not. That's weird. It is. It was, it was very. I, I couldn't believe it. You know, somebody pointed it out to me. I went in the next day, and said, "Did you see this?" I was like, "What?" She goes, "Well, she put that these two people work at the Times News when they indeed uh, work for us." So, <laughs> I think her first name was Allison. Now that I think about it. Oh. Uh, but I don't. You know, she know her first job. I think was with us, and the fact that she didn't get fired on the spot still to this day uh, amazes me. But it is what it is. It's one of those brain cramps, I guess, that people have, that we all have. Uh, I just never thought I'd see that. <laughs> it's like, do you not know, first of all, where you work, second of all, who you work with, and why you would ever put the other newspaper's name uh, in that photo cap? Anyway, I just wanted, I, just, I thought about that uh, when we were talking newspapers last hour, and I just wanted to share that story and get a kick out of it. 
Uh, no, sir, that is not the okay. no, not not the not the right uh, not the right one. Uh, I don't even know what happened to that girl after she left because uh, she left shortly after that. It was probably tears uh, for the for the best for everybody. All right, uh, that's one uh, final Paper time this morning. Cry. <laughs> Look, man, mistakes happen. We're human. I get it, but man, that's that's a weird one. that's a weird one. That's a big one. Let's rock around the region, please. I want to rock right now. And we'll start with Major League Baseball, where the Pirates were dominated last night pretty much by uh, just one guy. Now Park is the batter, and there's a ground ball off. Wainwright's glove to the second baseman, Edmund, who throws a one-hop throw caught by Goldsmith for a Redbird winner. Adam Wainwright with the complete game and a shutout. Uh, the call on the Cardinals radio network. Do you know who does the play-by-play for the cards? I like the guy's voice. He sounds like an old-timer. Yeah, uh, I don't know his name, though. I don't know yeah, uh, who yeah, it is. I agree with that. Uh, Adam Wainwright with the uh, the Greg Maddox special, uh, pitching a complete game shutout under 100 pitches. He only needed 88 to shut down the Bucks in a four nothing victory. Uh, Wainwright only allowed two singles, both to Colin Moran. He struck out seven, walked none. He himself had two hits and drove in a run. Insult to injury. Pirates have lost seven straight. Uh, they have one run and three total hits in the last two games. Uh, elsewhere, speaking of seven-game losing streaks. The 1-2, swinging a high fly ball left field. Going back is Hayes at the fence, jumping up. Gone! 499 for Miguel Cabrera. Listen to these Orioles fans. They know they're watching history. <laughs> the call on the Tigers radio network. Uh, three hits for Miguel Cabrera, including... As you just heard, home run number 499 as Detroit beat Baltimore 5-2 at Camden. Now, the Tigers... Uh, when, in, when did he hit that? Do you know? I think that was the fifth. I think that was the first run to the game. Yeah, they were probably, those Oriole fans were probably getting to the beer stand before they closed <laughs> in the seventh. Tigers begin a six-game homestand tomorrow, and manager A.J. Hinch was asked, are you going to rest Miggy Cabrera today? So he can hit home run number 500 at home. He says, no. He said, we're not going to mess with it. He's going to be in the lineup this afternoon uh, in Baltimore. Uh, Anthony Asantander hit a two-run homer for the O's. He now has three homers. I'm sorry, four homers in the last three games. So he continues to be hot for Baltimore. Cedric Mullins extends his hit streak to 18 games. And in New York, the Mets and Nationals uh, finished up their game that was suspended from Tuesday. 3-2 pitch. Drury, it's a broken bat floater up the middle of base hit in the center field over the leaping second baseman Garcia. VR comes home and Brandon Drury comes through again. The Mets have taken the lead. It is eight to seven here in the bottom of the eighth. And Brandon Drury has been a pinch hit superstar for this team. The call on WCBS. Mets win the suspended game 8-7 to snap a four-game losing streak. Uh, Juan Soto, who hit a three-run homer in the first inning on Tuesday, uh, had three hits overall. Luis Garcia had a two-run double for the Nats. Now, the regularly scheduled game for last night, that was postponed by bad weather, so they'll try to play two more games again today. First game will start at 12-10. Some quick news from Garrett College. Uh, Nikki Higgins, she was a former assistant uh, volleyball coach at Frostburg State, uh, she will now be the head volleyball coach at Garrett College as well as the softball coach. And Eric Hollenbeck and Elizabeth Show or Shaw, uh, they have been named co-interim ADs at Garrett College for the upcoming school year. 
Uh, they will fill the shoes of Dennis Gibson, who recently retired. In the NFL, Ravens, uh, their first-round pick, receiver Rashad Bateman, will miss, uh, quote-unquote, a number of weeks after suffering what John Harbaugh called a soft-tissue leg injury. Uh, no structural damage, just a soft-tissue injury. Uh, Bateman was already dealing with abdominal and core muscle issues throughout training camp. And then Tuesday, I, I feel your pain, Mike. <laughs> the audible yawn. I'm almost done. Just, just hang, hang with me, Mike. Uh, he made a cut while running a route and went down with no contact. Uh, Harbaugh said he is still hopeful uh, Bateman could be ready for the season opener. And tonight, first full week of preseason games get underway with a, a pair of games. Washington opens the preseason at New England. And the Steelers, after playing the Hall of Fame game last week, will play at Philadelphia. And that is your very involved Rock Around the Region, uh, brought to you by the Cap Rally Group. File 13. Wake up, Mike. I'm awake. I'm okay, ready, baby. Here we go. What are we talking about? Oh, Field of Dreams. That's right. So we were talking at the end of uh, last hour about the Field of Dreams game tonight, Yankees-White Sox in Dyersville, Iowa. And we heard from the mayor of Dyersville, Jim Heavens. Mm. And what's going down is they built – the one thing I was worried about was how they were going to play – I, th- I thought originally they were playing this game like on the actual I did too. field of dreams. I did too. And I was concerned that they were going to tear it up. You ever see the movie Mystery Alaska? No. It's a hockey movie about uh, these people who live in Mystery Alaska. And their lives basically are centered around hockey, mm-hmm. pond hockey. Mm-hmm. And, like, the goal, if you are a little boy in mystery, this isn't a true story, by the way. It may have been based loosely. Right. Is to play in the game. They had the game every year, pond hockey in mystery Alaska. Well, story got out about these guys. And long story short, the New York Rangers agreed to play yeah. these guys from mystery Alaska. It's actually a pretty, it's actually an underrated sports movie. I highly suggest it. Okay. They agreed to play these guys on their pond. Okay. And everybody's very excited about it. So, but as the NHL got their clutches into the whole thing, they took the pond uh-huh. and they turned it into an actual rink with boards and a, and the uh-huh. glass and a scoreboard. And it looked nothing like what these guys used to play. So that's what I was picturing with this Field of Dreams game. Like, Major League Baseball was going to go in and completely screw screw it all up. I see. As they are want to do from time to time. Your boy Manfred and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. But, turns out that's not the case. They actually built their own 8,000-seat uh, stadium like a quarter mile down the road from the movie site. Which kind of, I was actually relieved when I found that out. All right. Well, I, I guess it would have to be the field, and and for that matter, in the Mystery Alaska movie, the rink would have to be up to specs, I guess. Of course, in the movie, that was not a league game. Right. It would not have been an official league game. And again, we're talking in fiction. Right, 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 right. But, uh, yeah, and this, but this is an official game. It counts. And so, yeah, I, I mean, that, yeah, that was good planning and good idea on MLB's part. See, I mean, I could be fair to that. <laughs> Now, we talked about this last hour. Uh, the stadium was built to resemble Old Comiskey Park. And what's going to happen today is both teams, Yankees, White Sox, they're going to fly into Dubuque, Iowa. Okay. 
and then take a 25-mile bus ride to Dyersville. They'll get their private tours of the movie site and the stadium and all that jazz. Then they'll play tonight. Again, I think it's a 7 o'clock game, and uh, it's on Fox. I'll definitely tune in just for the novelty uh, of it all. And they said some actors from the movie will be on hand. Kevin Costner's been there for like the past couple days. Oh, boy. So (laughs) he'll be there. Of course, he played uh, Ray Kinsella. Uh He's been in Iowa. And then I mentioned last hour, uh, Dyer, Dwyer Brown's his name. He played mm-hmm. John Kinsella, who was Ray's father in the movie. Right. He'll also be there. And Dwyer, for whatever it's worth, he came back around, though. He said he wasn't very keen on the Field of Dreams idea at first. When they first mentioned the possibility, I just thought it was kind of outrageous. I, I was surprised, but, I mean, pleasantly so. I think it's just what baseball needs. Right now is kind of a, you know, a touch of, uh, you know, the father and son aspect and, and uh, you know, kind of drawing in the fans. So I, I was thrilled. I, I wasn't sure how they were possibly going to pull it off uh, building a major league field, uh, you know, adjacent to the to the movie site. But it is just spectacular and, and magical. I mean, in a very similar way to the way the, the movie site was when we first arrived at that, uh, you know, 33 years ago. Now, look. I think one of the greatest moments in sports movie history is that moment at the end of the movie between Ray and John Kinsella, you know, that you want to have a catch. Right. I mean, there's, to me, there's no, there's no question about it. Now, you, know, you heard him say in that clip about this is just what baseball needs. Mm-hmm. Is it? I mean, does baseball have to do more of this stuff to – Get more eyes on the games. We've we've talked before about how they're kind of struggling. There, they've really fallen behind NFL, NBA, even the NHL uh, to an extent. Is it too? I don't know. Is it too gimmicky? Like the NHL came out with the outdoor game, which people seem to love now. Yeah, you know. Uh, I guess maybe all sports. We'll talk about baseball here. Are these things fun? Are they are they, are they cool? Or do they you know go too far? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. what I'm trying to say here. Is it necessary? Just put it that way. I don't know if it's necessary, but I, I just think it's a nice touch, a nice wrinkle, and it, it you know, a, a step away from the grind, uh, you know, makes it a little unique. Uh, you know, this is the first one. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, from what you've, I've learned this morning listening to you, what I mean, again, you give the devils due. It, it sounds like they really planned a, quite a, an evening, quite yeah. a day. And, uh, I think I'm looking forward to it now. I mean, the more we talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know if I'll be home tonight, but I'll definitely DVR it. I won't, uh, I won't be home, but I will, well, figuratively I will be. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Now, I would think since uh, Major League Baseball went out of its way to build this 8,000 seat, that they won't immediately tear it down when they're done. So that kind of leads me to believe that they'll try this again. Maybe they're, it, they're hoping to make it an annual yeah, thing as well. make it an annual thing, and then we'll have a Field of Dreams game. But eventually that novelty wears off, Yeah, and you kind of have to come up with something new. I, I do I do think it's I think it's cool. I wish it wasn't the Yankees, I'll be honest. I wish it was somebody else. Well, but but again, it's to draw the There's Yankees. that brand. Right, that, you know, right. Yeah. Who else are you going to go with, the Yankees, Dodgers? You know. No, that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, but the White Sox. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they they got to be in it. The Cubs, you, you know, that could work. Right, right. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And it's root for the White Sox. All right. So, uh, spinning off of this uh, leads us to the next thing we're going to talk about here. Uh, I, I think if you ask a lot of sports fans, you know, hey, what's your 
favorite sports movie, the, the usual names come up. Sure. It's either going to be Hoosiers or uh, you know, Field of Dreams or whatever. Um, so I present the question to you. I know the answer to this already, but yes, maybe the listeners do not. What is not the sports movie? What is your favorite baseball movie, and why is it your favorite, Mike? My favorite is A League of the Room, mm-hmm. 1992, uh, directed by the late Penny Marshall, right. and it, it the, the, the from the very opening credits, the music is by Carol King and Madonna. Who uh, I did not know that she's in the movie. I didn't, but I know M- she did. Madonna is the center fielder for the Rockford Peaches. Uh, it's a, it's the the real life story of uh, well, I mean, it's been obviously f- fictionalized. Right. You know, it's a movie, but of the it's a story of the real life World War II era All American Girls Professional Baseball League, and uh, basically it's a sisters movie. You know, the growing rivalry between two sisters who. Probably the two best players in the league, right. uh, uh, Penny or Gina Marsh or Gina Davis plays the uh, sister who Dottie Hickson, who's the best player in the league. Uh, the Rockford Peaches manage it's great cast. Tom Hanks is in right. it. Uh, Lori Petty, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, uh, Bill Pullman, John Lovitz, John who Lovitz. just <laughs> steals <laughs> every scene he's in. He's the scout. Yeah, but you know, I just think it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Period. You okay. Know? Uh, you know, it's uh, it, this column that I, uh, I've written before, and I'm going to post it again this week, my 10 favorite baseball movies. You know, it's it's gripping, heartwarming, heartbreaking, funny, accurate, and factually based. And, uh, you know, the actual baseball in the film was pretty pretty good, too, for a movie. Right, right. And, uh, you know, the only myth about League of Their Own to me is the most famous line is, there's no crying in baseball. And uh, I don't think that's even close to being the best line in the movie. And you, you know, it's, I th- I like the the line best when uh, Jimmy Dugan, who is Hank's character, the manager, uh, when Hickson, when Dottie H- Henson's leaving, she's quitting, and uh, she said it, she, she's about to quit baseball mm. because it's become so hard for her. And uh, uh, Jimmy Dugan says it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Mm. And that just gets right, to me I right. mean, about baseball, you know. And as, as I said in this article, which I, I will post again later on today, uh, you know, everybody knows that there is crying in baseball. Right. I mean, that's the beauty <laughs> of it. So, League of Their Own has just always been my favorite baseball movie and, and one of my favorites, period. What's strange about that? Is if you look up, if you just Google best baseball movies ever, mm-hmm. that movie is generally in the top two or three of most lists. Uh-huh. But if you just talk to Joe Every Guy, Joe Every Sports Guy, they rarely mention that movie as as be, it's all it's Bull Durham or oh, yeah, Sports Field, and, and, and nothing against they're, they're those on the movies. list too high on the list. But a League of Their Own somehow for as great as a movie it is, just with the, I guess a general popula- populace. Kind of just falls through the cracks, which is a shame, I think. Oh, I think so. But yeah, Bull Durham's my second favorite. All right, baseball. fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Now, see, I went, I went back and forth because there is one point where I would have said uh, Field of Dreams was my All favorite right. baseball movie. But then, and this is a movie that I'll admit I I didn't watch for years and years, and for some reason it just wasn't on my radar. 
until I was verbally accosted by a cousin of mine. That's the right word? Yeah. Verbally abused for not seeing this movie. He was just beside himself that I had never seen The Sandlot. Oh, my. And he, and he was like, you call yourself a sports guy and you haven't seen, you know, shame on you every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah. So I, I finally watched it. It's my favorite baseball movie oh, of all it's time. Wonderful. And and not because it's a better movie overall than say Field of Dreams, Bull Dorm, whatever. But it's just it's the emotion that the movie sure. stirs up in me, taking me back to a time when I was a kid playing on the sandlot or in my case, my neighborhood street ball or whatever. That's what that movie does for me. Again, cinem- cinematically. It might not be as great as oh, the natural or whatever. Pretty darn good. But uh, it's just, you know, for personally, The Sandlot's my favorite baseball. I love that movie. Well, I've got They're that. Killing me small. Five <laughs> on, on my list. I feel a dream six. Mm, okay. And, uh, yeah, for The Sandlot, I write, uh, any kid who is not allowed to be in the house during the 1960 summer days other than to eat and to sleep is in this movie. It's about growing up, being on your own, and finding great adventure with your buddies. It's about the evolution of leaders. Uh, Pee-wee sports have thankfully not come along yet. Lifelong <laughs> friendships, family, and doing the greatest thing you've ever done in your life. Play baseball all day long with your friends. Mm, love it. And I love and it. I said, every character in this movie is somebody you know. That's right. That's and somebody right. you grow up with. You can name them as the movie plays out. Best line, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. <laughs> there it is. You're killing me, small. Yeah. Oh, that's a, I love that movie absolutely. And I am ashamed that I, I waited so long to see that movie. It just never. Well, you should be. I should be. And I am. I feel shame. Uh, a close second, uh, one that has kind of run up the charts for me, ladies. Moneyball. Mm-hmm. That's good. I uh, like to that. me, I, I, that's, that's one of those movies where if it's on at any point in the movie, I, I can't turn it off. And the scene where Brad Pitt, who's Billy Bean. Mm-hmm. And Jonah Hill, who is Peter Brand. Mm-hmm. The scene when they're in the office at the trade deadline and, and, and Bean is working the phones, trying to swing a deal to get R- R- Ricardo Rincon. Mm-hmm. I could watch that scene all day long. Yeah. There's something about it. He's working, get this guy on the line, get this guy on the line, telling the secretary. Get, and he's just boom, 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 boom. And to what Jonah Hill's reaction when they finally swing the deal, I just love it. And yeah. I think yeah. about that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. And of course, that spawned the whole, you know, in real life, the whole. Sure. Uh, analytics analytics thing i was gonna say metrics but analytics but uh but yeah uh, again that that is skyrocketed up my list in the top five well i thought for some reason see I, i've got a league of their own one bull derm two uh i thought you had eight men out one the last time we talked about this mm. no i don't think i, I did i have that three well, about the 1919 we, yeah, Black we, we talked about it, but I don't think it was number one on my list. I and can't then, remember what it was. Then I have the Natural Four. Right. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Sandlot Five, uh, Field of Dreams Six, Major League Seven, The Bad News Bears, the original <laughs> one, eight. Right, right. Uh, Moneyball Nine. And, oh, I remember, I, I almost knocked you off your chair with this one, my number 10. What? The bingo long traveling oh, yeah, all stars and motor kings. Absolutely, Absolutely. We, we were dra- we were drafting our teams, <laughs> That's right. and you were sitting on that one. And, I didn't. I never thought that that you would bring that one up. Uh, that was going to be my you know the, the, we were drafting our our favorite movies ever. Uh huh. And uh, I thought for sure that was going to be the, the ringer for me. And then you dropped it on me. I was like, oh, he stole it from me. Yeah, you you bet fell your chair. Billy Dee Williams, uh, Richard Pryor. Um, 
James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones is a lot of baseball he news. Is. He is. That's right. That's right. So is Kevin Costner for that reason, or for that matter. Well, I, I tell you, Costner had uh, – they were showing this on Fox, the game Fox game I was watching yesterday. Uh, 1988 was a big year for baseball movies. Uh, Costner was in both. Let me, let me just double-check this. Uh, it, the natural really started – the, the trend and the wave uh, of really good baseball movies, not like the pride of the Yankees. I mean, <laughs> obviously it was the standard because, right. but, uh, it, you know, the, the, but baseball movies were, you could, they, they were actually played pretty good baseball in it. Like, you know, uh, Robert Redford had a beautiful left-handed swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, let's see, League of Their Own was 92, Bull Durham was 1988, okay. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, you know, he, he switch hitter, nice swing. He, Crash. Yeah, he, 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 he could play a baseball player. Bull Durham was 88, Eight Men Out was 1988 as well. The Natural, 84, The Sandlot, 93, Field of Dreams was 1989. Oh, how about that? So he so had close. Bull yeah. Durham, 88, and Release, 88, Field of Dreams, 89. Wow. So yeah, a lot of uh, eighty nine major league came out in eighty nine. So the the eighties really spawned a lot of great baseball movies, and uh, I yeah, hey, I love them. Well, it's just like the other night, uh, I was going around, you know, before I went to bed, and Field of Dreams came on, mm-hmm. and I just have I don't like Kevin Costner. I mean, I used to <laughs> I uh, like Jake and Silverado. He was terrific in that. And uh, he, he's terrific in Bull Durham and Field of Dreams, and I think he just went awry with Waterworld. I mean, oh, I don't, I, I don't know what, what happened. Terrible there. movie, bad but, choice. Uh, and bad then choice. The, the other baseball movie he made, I didn't particularly care for that. Oh, that was uh, for the love of the game. For, yeah, I never even saw that one. Yeah, it's truth. it's don't don't waste your time. <laughs> but anyway, Field of Dreams came on, and uh, so that oh, what the hell? I'll have it with another beer before I go to bed. And, I watched the last 90 minutes, and I'm just rolling my eyes. It's corny, yeah, sure it's silly, sure it's is. stupid. and But in the end, the same result. You're bawling yeah. like a child, <laughs> you know, as the movie ends and that that haunting music. Right. And that that's what uh, they used the final day at Memorial Stadium. The, all, all the players oh, from the okay. past ran out to their positions Very nice. in, in their old uniforms to, to that music. Very nice. And it was Very really nice. – it was just un, it was chilling. Then, of course, you have the long line of headlights. That they, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you, look, I can make it fun of it and mock it and be sarcastic and cynical about it, but every time it's on, I watch, watch it, it, and right. it, it Absolutely. always has the same end result. <laughs> that's so. right, that's right. It, I think it, another, uh, it's been a Kevin Costner. Uh, people have just been raving about this mm-hmm. show on Paramount. Uh, I can't remember what it's called right now. It must be fantastic because, yeah, I've never heard a bad thing said about it. What's it called now? I, I it, 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 it absolutely escapes me right now. I it's just, just – anyway, I tried. People, my, <clears throat> my brother told me about it. My mother-in-law, they, oh, you got to watch this Kevin Costner thing that's on Paramount. I can't remember the name of it. 25 minutes into the first episode, I turned it off. Like I, I just didn't see the draw at all. Because my uh, wife and I were sitting there, she said, "Let's try to watch." Because she heard the same thing. This is a great series. You got to watch it. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Thank you. Yellowstone. You got to check it out. It's awesome. We put the first episode on, and about 20, 25 minutes in, she looks at me and she says, "Is this doing anything for you right now?" I said, "No." And then we turned it off, and that was it. 
So maybe we didn't get enough, give it enough chance. Maybe we didn't, you know, yeah. stick with it uh, long enough. Yeah, I've never heard anybody who, who didn't love it. <laughs> Except for me. Yeah. I'm the first one. Maybe, you know, maybe we're just weird that way. I think before we go to break here, a uh, very underrated baseball movie is The Rookie with uh, Dennis yeah. Quaid when he played. And that's, of course, based on a true story. Jimmy Morris, who turned uh, science teacher, uh, relief pitcher for the Rays. But I think that one is another one that I enjoy that not many people talk about. But it's a good baseball movie. All right. So there you go. Uh, what is your favorite baseball movie? Hop on board. 301-759-2628. 301-759-2628. Is it one that didn't make our list that we haven't talked about? One A diamond in the rough, if you will. No pun intended. Uh, news and weather coming up. And back with more. Stick around. WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. About 20 minutes left before we uh, bid adieu. Well, at least Mike does. I'm, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, speaking of which, tomorrow, uh, Joe Shuda will have our, our final uh, Rush Friday feature. He talks with uh, Matt Capps, former uh, Pirates reliever, current Pirates uh, color analyst on both the radio and TV side. So tomorrow's uh, Rush Friday feature in the 7 o'clock hour will be uh, former Pirate Matt Caps, who actually they could probably use him <laughs> right now. I wonder if he, he still has the ability. Anyway, uh, tonight we got two preseason uh, football games. Uh, Mike and I put about as much stock in these games as, well, we just don't. It is They're not meant for us. They're meant for them. They're meant for the teams to figure out, but we got to talk about it anyway. Uh, the Washington Fighting Rivera's, Mike. Yes. Open up. Uh, tonight against the Patriots. Uh, Washington, they, for whatever it's worth, they've lost six of their last eight preseason games. Again, doesn't mean anything. I remember the year the Lions went 4-0 in a preseason and they went 0-16 in a regular season. Yeah. means nothing. Uh, both teams finished 7-9 and last year. <laughs> difference is you're, you're, you are excused, uh, venerable one. Uh, New England 7-9 and was good enough for third in the AFC East. Washington 7-9 and was good enough for first in the sorry NFC East, and they made the playoffs. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Taylor uh, Heineke, Heineke, whatever, Heineken? Yeah. No. They'll probably both uh, see the field tonight as they fight for that starting QB job. Uh, same goes for New England. We'll likely see both Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Of course, Mac Jones, uh, the Patriots' first-round pick. Belichick already said that Newton is a starter week one, but he'll want to get a really good look at Mac Jones uh, tonight. Uh, against Washington. Steelers also in action tonight. Second game for them. They beat the Cowboys last week in a Hall of Fame game. They travel across PA to take on the Eagles in Philly. And you asked the question uh, off air, is Roethlisberger playing tonight? Not sure. Mike Tomlin, rather non-committal. Got you. Something tells me that he won't. Got you. He usually will play the first series of a third preseason game, and then we won't see him again. Which is bizarre to me because they have a new offensive coordinator in yeah. Matt, Matt Canada. You would think they would want to get Ben in there at least a little bit in a couple games to kind of get a good feel. You can only practice so much. You know, do it up against another defense that's not your own, but we'll see. Maybe he does play in there. We'll see. Uh, if he doesn't, uh, Mason Rudolph will start. Dwayne Haskins will also get some playing time for just them Steelers. Uh, Jalen Hurts will start for the Eagles. Uh, what else there? Nick Sirianni makes his head coaching debut for Philly. 
And uh, we will not see Eagles first-round pick, last year's Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. He's been out with an MCL injury. So there you go. Just a little something to look forward to, something to look at tonight. Uh, I Again, I'll be locked in to the Field of Dreams game. Yeah, me too. Which Who, who do the Ravens play this week? Ravens, they are playing Saturday night at home against the Saints. Okay. Who are an absolute mess right now. The Saints just have all kinds of issues. But uh, that's a 7 o'clock. I think it's 7 o'clock. Yeah, and we'll have the game right here on this very station. I think pregame is at 6.30. Yeah, pregame 6.30, kickoff 7 o'clock. So the Ravens get underway again, as we mentioned before, without – uh, Rashad Bateman, their first-round pick, who's mm-hmm. has a leg, a soft tissue. soft tissue. What is that, like a Charlie horse? Was <laughs> What's a <A-nex>, I... <laughs> But we're getting into the swing of it. And as I said last week with the Hall of Fame game, we're now going to have some kind of football every week through February. Yep. It is officially football season. High school starts in West Virginia two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah, I saw yesterday during my constitutional that Ford Hill was out on the field practicing, so Maryland schools have uh, started football right, practice. Right, right. Uh, fall practice. Fall practice, right. I saw the soccer team as well. Yeah, and they will start uh, football September 3rd. Mm. And, of course, we will have – well, I, I say we. neither I won't be around anymore. But we'll have the Allegheny County game of the week again right. on this station beginning September 3rd. With, I think the first two games of the season involve Fort Hill. Okay. And it'll be interesting to see how those teams fare – under, well, still not normal circumstances, but a hell of a lot better than they were last year, if that makes any oh, kind of sense. For now. For now. For now. Because it seems like things are trending back yeah, sure to where we were last year. But, I, you know, I, I don't even want to go there. I know. Don't even want to go there. But we hope they can practice normally, start the season normally, and go from there. I would hate to see these kids get shut down again. Oh, I know. Uh, and have to go through that again, where it seemed it seemed promising for a while that we were kind of getting over the hump a little bit, maybe seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, now it just seems like the tunnel's just getting longer and longer. Well, I mean, let's you know take preventative me- measures. I mean, you know, wear wear a mask inside, and in particularly in a you know crowded place, right. you know, get your shot. I, I don't know. Again, personal choice. I understand, but geez, <laughs> I don't know. The Ravens, by the way, they did release. Uh, see if I can find it here. Uh, they released their restrictions. Like if you're going to the Ravens game right. Saturday, mm-hmm. that you have to, whether you're vaccinated or not, you have to wear a mask in any indoor area of M and T Bank Stadium. Okay, which would I don't even know what they like club shops, or team shops, or whatever. Anything that is enclosed. The concourse, yeah. I would think. Yeah. You have to wear a mask. If you're obviously out in your seat in the outdoor part, you don't have to wear one if you don't yeah, want to. Right. So if you're going to the Ravens game, there you go. Take a mask because you're going to have to wear one unless you plan on going straight from the parking lot right to your seat and then never leaving again. Which, And I understand that. Teams still have to be oh, cautious sure. about it. Yeah, they want their season in too. Right, absolutely. Uh, Chapin Jewel, the hardest working man in regional sports. Yes. Uh, checks in and says Kaiser is hosting university tomorrow. These are scrimmages, uh-huh. football. Uh, Kaiser hosting university tomorrow. Frankfurt is going to Grafton on Saturday. So they're getting their scrimmage. And, of course, West Virginia always starts a week before mm-hmm. uh, Maryland for yes. whatever. I don't even know why, but they do. But, uh, yeah, 
kicks off on the 27th. It's hard to believe. It's only two two weeks away. And I won't have to work and any of it. Neither will I. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I look forward to Chapin's uh, wall-to-wall coverage, as I know he'll do a great job as always. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will just be able to buy a ticket and go to the game and just watch. I will be able to sit in my public house. There you go. And watch replays if I so That's right. Desire. That's right. That's right. You might be able to watch it live because everybody's streaming games well, these that's days. that's a good point. Everybody's streaming games. All right. Uh, one more break. One final break. And we'll be back to wrap it up. A few minutes remaining. The dynamic duo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Winding down. <laughs> Stick around. 102.1 FM AM 1230. WCMD. We are dynamic, Mike. Yeah. This is the morning rush. Before we get out of here, Mike, let's check on the player who delivered brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. How about the Brewers' Corbin Burns, not Burnson, Corbin Burns, who tied a major league record. As soon as I can find it. Where's my cursor at? There it is. Jeez, these computers. Tied is very anticlimactic now. Who tied a major league record last night against the Cubs. Here's his 0-2 pitch. He struck him out. Corbin Burns ties the Major League Baseball record for consecutive strikeouts with 10 in a row. The call on WTMJ, that's right, 10 straight strikeouts for Burns last night. It had only happened once in Major League history. Tom Seaver on April 22nd, 1970. That's the, that's the second Tom Seaver reference uh, of the show today. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's happened twice already this season. Burns last night and then Aaron Nola back on June 25th. Uh, Burns finished with 15 strikeouts and eight innings of work as Milwaukee uh, shut out the Cubs at 10 nothing. So Corbin Burns for his 10 straight strikeout effort, the player who delivered, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. File 13. Hmm. There we go. Well, we got like two minutes left. Yep. So let me take these two minutes, or some of it anyway, to thank you, Venerable One. Oh, thank you. For the time. Uh, that you spent. I know getting up early uh, you know, sucks. Once you're up. <laughs> it's not, it's it's hard, but once you're up, you're up. Yep. But, uh, you know, last year, enjoyed the time last year. Unfortunately, the pandemic got in the way. Yeah. Who knows where we'd be now if we were able to continue that that string all the yeah, way through. that's true. But you came back, and I told you this before, and I, I do mean it, you know, because when, when, when you came back, you were genuinely happy to be back. Yes. And then I just pulled the rug out for money. Yes. You and it was like, uh, yes, I'm leaving. I do feel terrible about that. Nah, you shouldn't. Uh, but you know what? It, it's been fun. I, I enjoyed it's been having, wonderful. I enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you, being here and uh, providing your insight and your expertise, crankiness, and in that. Well, we both uh, shared in that yes. in that effort for sure. And I even said earlier when we were talking about the Orioles and old trades and stuff. Mm. Like your ability to recall things amazes me. Yeah. Like I know some sports history. No life. But <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. Eh, maybe a little bit. I don't know. That's why I had to change. That's bars, why you had yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I <laughs> Shows me to have yeah. a life. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you're not eligible. 
But anyway, without getting too, you know, sappy and all that kind of stuff, yeah. I do appreciate the time and you being here. It was, it was, it was fun. Thank you. Uh, and uh, well, well, we'll keep it. We talked off there. We'll keep in touch. Yeah, uh, down the road. Uh, Tony, I can't thank you enough, and I, I was I I love working with you, and we have a lot of laughs. And yeah, it's yeah. a great way to start the morning, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. You never know. We we might hook up on something down the road, and could be some projects in the in yeah. The making. I think you never so. Know. I, I've got something in mind, and I, I hope you're up for it. Yeah. And, We'll see what we can do with that. And, I, and plus, with your background, you'll be able to help us maybe even further the project yeah, a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, who knows? If anything else, if anything else, we can just warm a couple of bar stools. Well, we can and, do that. <laughs> That's the least we can do. We'll do it. Uh, somewhere down the road. But uh, again, Mike, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you, it. Tony. It's been uh, great. Tomorrow. And congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tomorrow is the final show. I'm rolling solo. Uh, we'll have our Rush Friday feature tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. And then I will bid you uh, one final farewell tomorrow. Hope you can tune in uh, for that and tell me just to basically get the hell out of here. <laughs> but, Mike, thank you once again. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Tony. We will check you out down the road. Sounds all right. Good. That is it. Amanda's up next. Stick around for her show. Uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. The show finale, 6 a.m. sharp. See you then. This is the Morning Rush. I am Tony C. That's Mike Burke. And we are done. Bye.